see, I, I took this picture here. This was um, New Year's Day, 2021, I think. Came home from uh, working an evening shift. Me and my mom had uh, our favorite drink that we was gonna drink that night. Coconut vodka with some cranberry juice and orange juice. And we took this picture together. And as soon as I put the phone down, I burst in tears. I get mad about that moment sometimes because my mom had a smile on her face. And she just went through six rounds of chemo for her first time. And she just got through it. And she's going through a period of recovery. I get mad about that moment sometimes because my mom had a smile on her face and I think my emotions were ruined that night. But also I think about how much that year kicked my ass. I'm really be honest with you. Everything that accumulated up to that point until then, I think it, it had it had a, it took its toll on me. I felt like the pandemic scared me a lot. Friends being furloughed and not being asked to come back at my job. Not seeing them and feeling like a little, I'm feel, feeling a little bit alone at my job. Because a lot of the people that, you know, that are there, there's some people who are good, for, who are friends of mine. And there are some people who were just, I, I just work with them because, you know, I, I have to be professional. And it just feels as if, you know, I gotta get through it just in order to get through my day and get paid. But sometimes I do miss my friends that I've usually had, you know, around me and they make it easy for me to come back to work. I get a laugh, I get some things with them and, you know, I'm not getting that anymore. Um, you know, the workload was becoming more astronomical, it was taking its toll on my body. And of course we didn't get a raise because of the fact that during the pandemic, a lot of people were not paying their rent. And that took a toll on the company itself. And they made it where, you know, nobody got, got, got paid, but then they were making extra money on the, other, on the side on other things. And that shit was wrong. Can't forget. My mom has stage four uterine lung cancer. And what's so crazy about that, at the same time when my mom found out she had cancer, my stepmother found out she had breast cancer. I think stage three, stage four as well. And then my aunt, one of my aunts, um, who had cancer at one point and was in remission, caught COVID, and then her cancer came back. And then she had to be relegated to having chemotherapy twice a week for two years straight. Let me iterate this. Chemotherapy twice a week for two years. I, and I thank God, you know, that did not end up being the case that she's in remission. And, you know, 
seeing what the effects of what chemo has on a person. I, I don't care if it's a low dose, a, a small dose, it still has an effect on people. You know, when my mom was going through her, her stints with um, chemotherapy, you can, you can sense, here's my thing with chemotherapy for my mom, because it's probably different for everybody else. And then we're going to get into something a little bit more in the, in the last episode of where we're going to be talking about, you know, these last three years. Chemotherapy allowed my mom to do a lot in a time window where she could be like, I have energy here, I'm going to go and do this. And by the time I get home, around 7 o'clock, I'm going to be in bed. Chemotherapy allowed my mom to do a lot of things while she had energy. Um, and another thing, um, my other aunt, who was the same age as me at the time, caught COVID and passed away, and they found her dead in her bed. Um, and then, of course, you know, this year, because how much of an emotional effect finding out how bad my mother's cancer was, and all I could think about in the back of my head was, I could think about that whole entire time in that in that year was my mom dying. How would it look? I kept getting flashes and flashes and flashes and flashes of of scenes in my head. Yeah, it's weird. It was just weird. I just kept getting flashes of scenes, and I'd cry every time. I'm playing back a funeral that's not even happening. I'm going through a mental lapse. I don't know what is it that I'm that I, I cannot explain it, but I'm making up scenes that's not even true at this point. I'm thinking about how people are going to be after her passing, and how I, how am I going to deal with that? So there was the notion of that. I didn't want. I didn't trust my family. Because I don't, I don't, I don't like the unknown. I don't know how people are gonna treat me, or I don't know how people are gonna approach me now. Now that my mom is no longer, would no longer be there to protect me from certain things, you know. I, I, I just, I, I had went in my whole entire thing where I just was like I was I was sending hate mail to God every damn day if you get what I mean and making pleas and making affirmations that you know, no damn well I wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna keep um, but one night I just I was in tears so much and I went to bed and my heart wouldn't stop 
beating so hard, like, and I, I was freaking out a little bit, and I said, it won't stop, it won't stop, and, like, I, I'm just feeling it hit, hit my chest a lot more harder, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I went to my mom, and I said, I'm going to go to the hospital. And I had to, I had to go to the hospital, and of course you go in there, nobody's there. <laughs> Again, I'm getting an EKG and everything, and they're not really finding anything, and, and my mom is there, and you know, I t I'm like, I was crying and telling her, I'm sorry I put you through this. And, and I, it harkens back to her going through her passing. And she did the same thing. She was apologizing for things, things that, to me, in my eyes, I really just, it, it glossed over me. And maybe. Maybe she may have done something. Maybe she did, and she, she feels guilty about something. But I didn't think it was good enough for me to give a damn about it. Because I'm a lover forever. You know? And, you know, I stayed in that hospital for about a good couple hours, but... Throughout those couple hours, I was in tears. I couldn't. I. I never. I don't. I've never been in a hospital for no longer than than 45 minutes. And then, if it was longer than that, it's because I was visiting somebody. I've, I'm not. I don't go to the hospital. And the feeling of being there just just, just, it just sucked to me. And the people were nice. I just don't want to be in a hospital. You know. And you know. I'm explaining the situation and what I'm feeling and what I'm going through and the way they're looking at me when I'm talking about my mom's condition and it it broke me down because people just looked at me like there's no hope in the situation and Talking about, you know, trying to make it the best memory that you can together while you know you're still here. We're gonna take care of them, but you know, it just in my mind, I just knew that there really is no hope in the situation. At this point, when we're talking about this cancer and the treatment itself, it's, it was not to cure it. It never was to cure it. It was to control it and prevent it from getting any worse than where it is now. There was no, uh, there was no plan of remission. You know, like, as much as I, I really wish that there was a plan for, there was a plan for that, um, there's a certain levels of cancer that you just can't, you can't get rid of. And that's why I'm saying, like, during this time, I, I learned a lot about, 
cancer and what you what, where you have to be and, and talk about numbers and tumor markers and stuff like that and and I learned a lot. Uh, once I found out that whatever I had was an anxiety attack and I was not going to the hospital, I just went home and just stayed by my mom a little bit. And I had to keep my emotions in check because I was just, you know, losing my whole shit all the time. And it wasn't... It wasn't helping me. And I knew it wasn't helping me. I, was, I got tired of crying after a while. Because, you know, my mom is still here. She's trying to fight. And it feels like the more I just cry and the more I just feel a certain way about certain things, I'm not giving her the benefit of a doubt that she can probably beat this. I'm not giving her the benefit of a doubt that, you know, she could, you know, she could overcome, you know, all this. Because... Like I said, like throughout this entire time of her doing just doing chemotherapy, she's doing her thing. So her chemotherapy was six treatments. She gets one every three weeks. So after those those after those uh, six treatments, she has some time where she's not doing treatments. And you know, throughout this treatment, caused some problems. One one of the problems was neuropathy. The neuropathy that she was experiencing made her not feel her legs and her fingers. And I remember going to her doctor for for nerves, and they couldn't do really do nothing much for her but give her an antidepressant, an antidepressant. And my mom would always tell me, like. There's no way this shit is antidepressant. Man, I'm depressed all the time, but I'm taking this shit. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, my mom was taking medicine for, you know, lowering the pain of what this neuropathy is doing to her. And then, of course, when you're pumping this, this shit, this uh, chemotherapy into your body and all this other type of shit, like... You don't know what else it could really be doing to your organs. And uh, my mom was dealing with kidney disease. That we had to monitor it by going to a kidney doctor every couple of months just to uh, make sure that, you know, it's not at a level where dialysis has to be performed. And, you know, it was being... It was being um, monitored very well and we was doing very well with it. And, you know... You know, it was it was something, I, I got to say. Um, throughout that time, um, we was traveling back and forth, going to Pennsylvania, you know, Amtrak at one point during the pandemic. Like, they only had one seat one seat per person, so it was just cool. It was just me, me, me and my mom get our own seats, and we just chill, and we just take our, th- our three-hour rides down to PA to see her sisters and my, and our, and my cousins. Uh... You know, I felt like it came back to a certain point where they just announced that it was going back to the regular way. Things kind of changed, but we still did our traveling. Uh, 
throughout this, throughout this, um, now me being a caretaker, yeah, I had to be home a lot. You know, you know, I worked every day. I worked, um, the times that I was there, I did a lot to make sure she was okay. Even though she also was doing so much on her own, she, during the time of her going through these chemotherapy treatments, she take, she took a liking to baking a lot. She took a liking to cooking. And she used, like, I put her on the um, Food 52, and she started really liking that, that, that channel a lot. And she was making a lot of food from that. So she was really, like, keeping her mind sharp and what she wanted to keep it sharp in. And I was very happy for her to, her to find some sort of solace in the middle of her chaos. Because, you know, because she, you know, other than, you know, listening to music every day, every morning I'll wake up, all the Christian music will be on. I never, ever would, like, get mad about it. Because I'd rather her be, if, she, if this music is going to hype her up, then I'm going to let her be happy with that, you know. It's crazy now because it's just, I, I wake up every morning, walk, I, I, I know I got used to her not being in her office, listening to music, playing bingo blitz on, on her laptop, because that's the while her laptop broke and I gave her my, my iPad and she was bugging and bugging since. But, but, you know, I would always wake up. She'll be up at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, already up and running, doing what she needs to do for herself and doing whatever she wants to do in order terms of playing her little games and stuff like that. Like, my mom did what she really, really wanted to do. And she kept that same sentiment for me. You know, during the time of her going through what she was going through, um, I started a podcast with uh, Ursula, my good friend Ursula, Black Madonna, whichever one you want to call it, uh, called the All Things Aside podcast. And then by the second episode, we uh, added two co-hosts, and that's Tisha and um, James. My mom understood what I wanted to do. When it came to podcasting, when it came to music and all other stuff, like how I saw the game, how I viewed my mental mentors, and how I knew what I needed to do. And that's why she never, ever stopped me from pursuing what I needed to pursue. And that's what probably got me upset about a lot of things. Because I have a plan. I don't expect to go through with a plan. Because I don't have that much time to just the lollygag and 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 it just got to a point with me and, and I'm gonna talk about that in the third all that in the third episode of this of this series. Because that'll be the final episode and I feel like I I put a lot of things at rest in terms of what happened with, uh, you know, whatever happened with all things aside and, and 
me finally coming to peace, which I don't know if I really came to peace with it, with it's no longer being here, but but me trying to finally come to peace of what I did that ended it. And I felt like, you know, it comes down to all that, man, like, uh, my mom really wanted me to stay the course, keep doing this podcast and stuff, because she knew it helped me in terms of my mental. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. It was a time for me to be around my friends. Because I felt like after a while, like, my friends weren't inviting me to shit. And I'd just be doing nothing. I would tell people that, hey, these are my these are my times, and no one would make plans around that, or no one would go back on back, like, get back to me, and, you know, I'd just be at a point where I'm just like, I go to work and I go home. I don't do anything else. I play video games with my people online, and that's it, you know, but no one's inviting me to go to this place, go to that place. I'm just I'm just doing whatever I can at this point just to, you know, do whatever at this point. Like, I, like I said, I can't make no damn friends at the job that I have. All the people who work there are, like, in their damn 60s. So I really am not trying to make, like I said, I'm not trying to, yeah, this shit is just not, it's not working out the way I, I, I wished it would, you know. That's why I, sometimes I feel some sort of way about certain, about friends and the lack thereof. And that's fine, you know. I try my best to just not make that shit just, you know, people like will make, make, make it where they are like kind of, they use it as a way to be, vengeful or, you know, I'm not vengeful about, about dumb shit like that. I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of things that a lot of my friends shouldn't have done during the time that I really needed support. And If I can really tell you how I feel about some of the things that some of my friends have done during the time I really needed them, but when I I was when, when they needed me, I was always there for them. When they cried in front of my face and all types of other stuff, and and I was there for them if they ever needed to speak to me. And then when it came time for my fucking shit, man, I, wow, wow. I gotta think about that. You know, I gotta rent. Shit. My mom really, really just instilled something in me. Like, my mom was really a selfless person. And I I try my best to be that. And I really feel feel like that shit just helps me fall flat on my face because these people aren't giving back to me at all. That's that's great. Like I I I'd say I really just it came it really came to me like damn 
some people really abandoned me during this time. And I think I, I, I built so much anger and resentment towards it. And I started really not trusting people because I, I really hated the fact that I was being abandoned. I felt abandoned. I gotta take I gotta take it as it is. I gotta be real with myself about this. Um, so I started a podcast called the All Things Aside Podcast. Everything was going so well. The formation of the podcast, building this chemistry with these these three with these three amazing, amazing talents that I knew would be three amazing talents. You know, we we had a lot of things on the table that I really do wonder if we we did do any of the things that we were offered, would we have been in a better place? And I would say if we were prepared, yes. We would most definitely be in a better place. And I just felt like me being experienced into podcasting as much as I have been and learning structure, and not only learning structure, but researching how things should be done, you know, it took a toll on me a bit. When, you know, sometimes, you know, and I got I got chalked up to people have things they got to do with their lives. And sometimes some people really don't see the vision and where, where things should really go. And and they don't, I don't know if people were willing to do the work that was possible, possible in order to get to the level that we needed to be. We did a lot of affirmations, talking about podcast deals, podcast, live shows, and we we shot ourselves in the foot with all that. And that's my fault. That's my fault for being for for putting out the putting out the plan, putting out the putting out the vision out there like the way I was. You know, I know James was always telling me like, yo, don't put that out there no more. We keep talking about it, we never do it and you know, and then it, it, it falls it falls flat on our face and shit. And he was right about that. You know, so I I gotta gotta commend him for just seeing things for what it really, 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 really was. You know, I I wish you know we did do some of the, the things that we were offered. It's just that I couldn't really get it done because of I was afraid of COVID. I didn't want to do no public events outside with a bunch of people and catch that shit. Like, I was still, I was still kind of afraid of COVID. I'm, and not only that, I thought about my mom. My mom has a lowered, <laughs> lowered fucking uh, uh, immune system, and I don't want to bring COVID into our, into our home. So I, I was being rational in that, in that whole entire debacle of whether we were going to do anything or not. But when it came down to the, to all things aside, it was everything that we did, from the photo shoots, the uh, trying to 
extend our podcast through soul casting, which this podcast was an extension of All Things Aside. This was really considered the All Things Aside solo cast until everybody had their own brand. And once when Ursula named her brand uh, Velvet Durags, there was no point of having the All Things Aside solo cast because we were going to branch out and have different sects of how our podcasting was going to be. So I ended up working on accordingly being my solo cast, which is now a podcast, and Velvet Durags being her thing would be in the late night podcast and Blue doing Once in a Blue Moon, which is more of a mental health and a clarity podcast. Okay? So we had these plans to just, you know, extend all things aside past the, the two-hour show that it is and make these 30-minute shows, 20-to-30-minute shows that were going to be an extension of ourselves and let you know more of ourselves. And I think that would have been the best course of action knowing that all things aside was not like any other podcast. We did not record an episode every week like a regular podcast does. We were recording every now and then. Because, you know, doing these shows, if you really are a person who's investing into the quality from the from the audio to the video, which you really was not investing into the video, we was just using our own cell phones. Um, investing into the quality of the audio, and of course, just the just the just the, just the, the environment. It's going to be costly, and having to do an episode every week would 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 have killed us. Financially, and you know we we have a lot of responsibilities. You know, Earth has two kids. Earth has two kids. Blue has two kids. Trey's getting ready to be a married man with a with a family. And me, I just I got a mom sick with cancer at this point. You know, and my mom would have been okay with me doing the podcast every damn week. Because me and my mom would listen to podcasts every week. And then, you know, my aunt would always tell me, like, y'all drop podcasts really not so much. You know, once we get to a point where you only drop, like, once a week, once a month, twice a month. You know, people forget about people, right? And I was like, I know. People tend to have this thing where they can read, they feel like they can rewrite the minds of people. And me, I am a realist. And now that I'm a realist, I just, I just know people in their mindsets right now. 
I felt like if we really hankered down and did an episode every week, we would have been on our way. But nothing was going to change from that. But I, I I have to say, like all things aside, was was a ride that I would I would go on again. You know, I wish people would forgive how how things happened, but I'm not here to tell people how to feel. People people are not gonna understand why I did what I did. People are not gonna understand my frustration with certain things. What's not going on, what's not going well with that whole situation. There's some people who do understand, but they felt that I should have gone a certain way about it. But then again, can't tell me how to feel. But I'll, I'll go a little bit more deeper into that in the third episode. Oh, man, Miami. Miami. I was planning my trip to Miami to meet up with my boy, uh, Fat Caesar, and his people down there with Rock the Block, and also this became a trip where, you know, I met a lot of people online through video gaming, and we was all plotting on going to Miami together. We going to Miami, so we all got to meet. You know, these people are my homies. Like, we, we done a lot for each other. Like, one of the people that I've been gaming with right now is one of my artists. Shout out to Young Cass. Um, you know, went down, on, went down, I was going to be going down to Miami, and it was never in a plan for my mom to go. She was not planning on going with me. And I told her, like, she needed to get make, a, make herself a ticket to go, to go to PA or have her sisters come down so they can hang with her over here. But then one day, she just looked at me and just said, hey, I want to go. You think I'm going to say no to my mom? Come with me to go to, go to Miami, Florida? You got to be out your goddamn mind. I'm not going to say no to her. I'm, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to see, I'm going to go and see if there's any tickets left for my, for my flight. And there were, and there was tickets right next to my damn seat. So, we ended up getting ourselves a seat. When September came, and this was during the time that she went through her second stint of six chemo treatments, and she just finished. So I was like, you know, I was calling up my boy C's up and said, hey man, like, I'm gonna bring my mom with me. And this is like her going through her six, her second stint of chemo. She just got finished, so it'll be like a celebration, kind of. We're going to be out here just chilling, you know. First hotel I had in the bind was, uh, was uh, what we ended up going to was a airport hotel, which it wasn't a bad hotel, but I don't see myself coming back to that motherfucker ever again. You know, I got that hotel for the first night because me and my cousin uh, Whitney were planning on going to Miami together, and 
as soon as her plans kind of fell through, I already scheduled myself for already being at another hotel that was going to be a day after. So I ended up getting that hotel, and it was good for that night. And then as soon as we got out of that hotel, we went to the luxury hotel, which was uh, the, um, the Hyatt in Brickle. And that hotel was beautiful. Can never book that again unless I'm rich again. Oh, I'm not saying I was rich then, but I can't book for that book that hotel unless I am rich. Because that hotel went up in price. But people don't understand my mom. Like people are asking me, like, yo, did she want to go out with us? I'm like, no, 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 man. She she's enjoying herself in the hotel room. Nice hotel room, nice balcony, a nice sitting area and everything like that. A big TV. She can watch television, watch Disney and all types of other shit. I gave her heaven at this point. (laughs) You know, like, don't threaten her with a good time. She loves a nice hotel room. And I told her where to go if she needs certain things. Like, I did a little walk around. I will say, hey, there's a 7-Eleven right Across the street, and then you got the Cuban restaurant on the third, on the second, on the third floor. He was good, you know, and she she looked like she enjoyed herself when she was to herself, you know. And when we went out to certain places to eat, or went to certain places like you know, like the um, the graffiti museum and all types of other places, we enjoyed ourselves. Now I ain't gonna lie about the bullshit as um, Jamaican restaurant that. That searched us, searched me the most, but searched us. And I was like, what the fuck, man? I'm going to search before I eat? What the fuck kind of, kind of place is this? And what type of people are you inviting here? And people that are, are going to be shooting this place the fuck up. Yeah, I don't, remember, I don't remember the name of that place, and I'm not never coming back. The food was bland. It it. It was a disgrace to my Jamaican ancestors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest about that shit. And then we went to Azuka, the ice cream spot, and we just had some good ass ice cream and went back to the room and we just chilled. That was the first night in the in a nice luxury hotel, and then went to Locale, which oh man, I forgot to even talk about the first night. The first day of being in Miami, I did a damn radio interview, which you can find on Rock the Block, uh, Rock the Block um, on on YouTube, on um, Mr. Then they interview Mr. B. It's a really good interview. You should really, really go and check that shit out. I talk a lot about about a lot of nice things about the scene of Jersey City podcasting whole bunch you should you should check it out I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the link in the description so you can go and run that up because what's so crazy about that interview my, my, my numbers is high on that interview as compared to some of the other interviews and I'm like damn I, I didn't know y'all was really fucking with me like that but I think people are really fucking with me like that and I need to be happy that people like who I am I make my I make myself to be this person that is about being this 
being this go-getter, this guy who can create on the go, when, when something like no longer exists, I gotta create something else in order to keep myself going. And that's what I've been doing. You know, once we're all things aside, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna wait for that third one. No more talking about all things. But, man, that trip to, to Miami was, I think about it all the time. I, I have the pictures always pop up on my phone all the time. I had so much fun. I was so happy to have my mom there. You couldn't tell me nothing. I don't care if my, 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 if I was around my friends and she was there. I don't give a fuck. She was there for a lot of what we were doing that that, that trip. When we went to my friend's Airbnb, we had the cookout. Really beautiful Airbnb. I, I know that shit cost a lot of money. That shit was was damn near mansion. Well, not a mansion, but it was a really nice house that made me really, really look into like that part of Miami where it's a gated community. I forgot what it's called already, but the place was amazing. And we had fun. I'm glad I brought my mom out. I think about it all the time. Like shit, the vacation I took my mom, first vacation I went to my mom to was DC. No, I took my mom to fucking Miami. And we had a good ass time. I don't know if she really felt that I enjoyed myself with her being there. No, I I was happy that she was there. I never felt she slowed me down at all. She really did not slow me down at all. Like, we did enough together that out, and she was down for the ride for the majority of all that stuff. So I'm just so happy that that Miami trip is something that's always in my mind as, as one of those things during her battle with cancer that... I'm glad God allowed her to have strength for. So, uh, this is episode um, seven. This is the second part of the Before My World Crumbled uh, series. Uh, Third, the conclusion will be coming soon, but not before we have a couple more episodes about different things. Uh, I don't want to keep making y'all sad about this whole entire situation because, you know, it, 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 it can have an effect on you that's not the best. You know, it was hard for me to do this episode because I just was going through some things and and work was kicking my behind so much that I was just like, uh, I'm not feeling it here, I'm not feeling it there. And then when I was writing this episode, I cried a lot. Like, I'm really going through all these memories because these last three years have been rough. And 
the aftermath of those three years has been rougher. So, you know, I'm just happy that I'm able to get some of this out and I hope you're enjoying it and I hope you're able to talk with me and talk about your experiences dealing with your your dealing with the loss of a loved one and what you were able to do to to create a memory that will last forever as much as you you can make it last because I'm gonna I'm making sure all these memories last forever. This is accordingly. And I am Mr. B. I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in. Much love and respect to all.